Welcome to Huddle Up, brought to you by the Fields Auto Group. Jaguar senior writer John Osher, NFL network analyst and former Jaguar Bucky Brooks, and senior reporter J.P. Shatterett bring you the latest on your Jacksonville Jaguars. Huddle Up starts right now. And welcome in. It's Wednesday, week eight, and it's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks, J.P. Shadrick, John Osier here in Jacksonville at the Miller Electric Center in the Hyundai Studios, and Bucky Brooks out in Los Angeles. The Jags and the Steelers coming up in week eight. The Jags offense against the Steelers' physical defense and the pass rush. We'll get to that coming up. The Jags defense setting the tone for this group so far in 2023. They played nearly 90 plays last Thursday night in the Superdome. Big AFC implications this week, of course. And Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks is brought to you by Fields Auto Group Jacksonville. Step up to luxury, fieldsauto.com. Well, the Jaguars are headed to Pittsburgh for the first time since the AFC Divisional Playoff game after the 2017 season. That was the Jaguars' last trip to Pittsburgh. Bucky, it has been a while. The Jags have had success there. Um, need to have some more starting this week. What's up? What's up, man? It's big week. Pittsburgh week uh, is another measuring stick game for the Jaguars, not necessarily in terms of the talent of the Steelers, but more so the physicality. Can you step up and play uh, bully ball against a team that is known for being the biggest bullies on the block? Yeah, and when you're trying to do what the Jaguars are trying to do, which is you know, clearly win the division and be one of, quote, those teams, uh, these are the kind of games you win at midseason that set you up for having 11 and four. I mean, 11 and four, 11 and six, 12 and five uh, type records. Uh, you know, as Evan Ingram said in the locker room just now, you know, you're not scoreboard watching at this time of year. But at five and two, this is the kind of game where you start to sort of separate yourself. You win these and let the chips fall where they may with the other guys. And all of a sudden, you're you have a record at the end of the year that you like. And uh, to me, this is a game you ought to win. I'm not saying that Steelers aren't good, but I think you're better. But you got to go up there and play a team that doesn't believe you're better than they are. So it, it's going to be tough. Yeah, you win a game like this. They've already got one in their pocket against Buffalo as well. You yeah. get this Pittsburgh game. Then all of a sudden, your record is what it is. But you have the tiebreaker games when it matters late. I remember last year, uh, you know, they beat the Ravens. That comeback. Well, at the end of the season, all of a sudden, when you started looking at the Ravens stuff, uh, they didn't matter as much when you were trying to figure out your playoff scenarios because you had beaten them. So these little games, that, I'm not sure the Steelers are going to win the uh, North. I think the Ravens probably are. But they're going to be right in there. And, you know, you like having those uh, games that you've beaten the other teams. You don't have to worry about them as much. Look at Buffalo right now. You're two games up on them. Yeah, that's how it works, Bucky. You get these wins now. And then, uh, hey, come, come playoff time, it can be a big one. Yeah, it can be a big one because you're always trying to stack these wins up in the middle of the year. But you also are trying to put yourself in a position where maybe you can backdoor into the number one seed. You don't want to think that far ahead, but these games are critical to being able to do that because we're going to assume that the Jaguars are going to keep playing well and they're going to win the division. Well, now it's a race to see if you can kind of supplant Kansas City as the number one overall seed. You get the number one overall seed, it's two games and go to the Super Bowl. But before you can even think like that, you got to win some of these evenly contested games so you can begin to think about that the last four or five games down the stretch. What if you're going to be the best team in the AFC or one of the best? You have to knock other teams out of that spot, if that makes any sense. So uh, 
the Steelers, I think, are still sort of trying to figure out who they are. They've had a couple of one-sided losses, but they've had some like tight wins. Uh, it it's maybe time for the Jaguars to show the Steelers, hey, we're good and you're just okay. Uh, they haven't lost on the road this year. The Jags no. haven't lost away from here. Um, they're a team that handles that well. So uh, I think it's a game they ought to go win, but it's not a game that I think they'll go win easily. If we know anything about this Jaguars team right now, we know they are a resilient group considering what they did in the last four games. Uh, Four wins, 19 days, four stadiums, three cities. We know all that. But now the trick, Bucky, is – is flipping that around. There's only one game in what the next 20 something game uh, days and balancing the, the momentum that they have a little bit going with getting guys rested and then back and ready for the stretch run. That that's from one extreme to the other. It is from one extreme to the other, but if you ask Doug Peterson and coaching staff, they would rather have it this way. Now that they're through that tough stretch, they would rather be able to rest, recover, but more importantly, refine refine the things that they're doing. The bye week will give you an opportunity to do that. You talk about having 20 days. That's a ton of practices that you can get in and work on the things that have really been troubling uh, the offense, the defense, and the special teams to this point. It's a great opportunity for the team to get better because they have more time on the practice field without having to worry about playing a game. Once they get past the Steelers game, this is an opportunity for them to get a lot better going down the stretch. Yeah, it's such a funny league to analyze because they're – they put themselves in great shape, five and two. Uh, we're really it, win or lose this game this weekend. You you were in good shape going into the bye, but boy, aren't you in better shape and feeling so much better about yourself? Uh, you win four straight, and then you drop this one. All of a sudden, that bye isn't nearly mm-hmm. as as fun for players. So it's it's such a week to week league that you know you got to go get this one. Getting this one, you feel great going five. You know, it's a rare thing. Five straight wins, five different stadiums, going mm-hmm. into a bye. Boy, do you feel good. But Buck, if you don't, yeah. But I mean, like that—that's that, the thing. I think the, the most important thing is at the midway point, you want to still be in the race. Yep. Uh, a five hundred record, a little over five hundred record, gives you an opportunity to start having real playoff aspirations. If you are well ahead of the curve, if you're at six and two, man, then you begin to kind of raise your sights, raise your standards in terms of what you're looking at from the playoff picture. The, the, the Jaguars have a tough back end of the schedule in terms of the, the amount of competitors and contenders that are on the schedule. And so a game like this, Pittsburgh, young quarterback, a team that's kind of scuffling and trying to find their way offensively, this is one that if you're the Jaguars, you got to win this one. This is one that puts you well ahead of the pace gives you an opportunity to think big, big, big dreams. Let's hear from head coach Doug Peterson speaking with the media today, asked if he is, uh, is is this where they expected to be after a handful of games this year? Quite honestly, you expect to be in this situation, you know. Um, We can still play better. I think there's a lot left out on the field each weekend that uh, we can can learn from and and improve, especially the the back half of the season. And, you know, it's 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 a credit to the players though you know and, and we've had our share of injury and guys have stepped up and, and have played well in, in in backup situations and you know we're just anticipating some of our guys whether it's this week or after the bye getting healthy and and, and getting 
getting back on the field. But, um, you know, your expect your expectation is to win every game, obviously, and um, we haven't. But pleased with where we are at right now. And they've had some moving parts, certainly on the offensive side, John, in the injury front the last few weeks. Zay Jones has, I think, finished one game this year. He was playing in right. two others and left those and missed four. I mean, that's that's a lot of moving parts there. Then the offensive line, we know the rotation there. What's the latest with uh, Walker Little and Zay Jones? What did the head coach say today? Well, uh, what he said was uh, sort of very vague. Uh, what happened was <laughs> Zay Jones did not practice uh, everybody else, when I say everybody else, Tyson Campbell and Cisco with hamstrings, uh, Trevor Lawrence with the knee, Walker Little and Brandon Sheriff with knee and ankle respectively. Everybody else was limited with Devon Hamilton as he was last week with the back uh, practicing full. But with his situation coming back, I don't know what full means in terms of his status. You have yeah. to act, yeah. So uh, to me, that would lead me to be surprised if Zay plays on Sunday. You would think if it's still dicey enough to not practice, you give them one more week, and then you have a long stretch uh, where you can rest them. That's just me speculating on, on how things usually go. Uh, beyond that, I expect those limited guys to play. That makes sense to me, Bucky, right? I mean, if, if there's any question at all, just give it another two weeks and get back for San Francisco. Absolutely. That's the way that you have to think. you got to have a big picture focus. And so the big picture should tell you, hey, let's make sure that we – do what we need to do to make sure that our best players are available down the stretch as much as we can. So if you're looking at Zay Jones and you're saying, okay, we have the Pittsburgh game here, but we got a bye week after that, that can give him three weeks to really uh, come fully back and maybe we don't have to do this on again, off again thing. So that has to be in consideration. It was one of the things that I worried about last week with Trevor Lawrence. Do you play him on a short week or do you kind of rest him so he can come back and play a full week against the Steelers? Uh, it worked out. I think this is one you want to err on the side of caution when you're looking at Zay Jones and whether he plays or not. Yeah, because you get – I mean, it, it – I thought they would play Trevor last week, and I, I thought they should. The whole thing it was fine. Uh, but Zay really is – he left Kansas City, came back and played okay mm -hmm. against – I mean, played really well when he played against Buffalo, but then left. So you don't want to take a chance on that being, as Bucky said, the pattern. Uh you get him back healthy and add him into a healthy mix. To me, that's the one thing that all these, all the people who are concerned about the Jaguars' offense and calling it sporadic, that's the biggest X factor that can fix that to me, is having him back in. Uh, just talking to Christian Kirk in the locker room today. Zay gives you two or three big third downs a game. Mm -hmm. Those third down conversions not only give you first downs – it usually gives you the ball for another two or three minutes. It gives you field position. Maybe you're going from the 30 to the 45, and then you're punting different. It Stuff like that changes the perspective of a game. The rest is your defense as well. Yeah, they've yeah. really missed Zay's trust with Trevor, that instinctiveness that you saw really develop at the end of last season with Zay and Trevor. Uh, I think you sort of rest him this week and then get him back and have all four guys, meaning Ridley, Kirk, uh, Ingram, and Zay for the stretch run. I think it could be a, a dramatically different offense with him back in, Bucky. Yeah, absolutely. It can be a different offense with him back in the mix. Um, this is interesting because when you're on the field, like 
game day, you never really understand what Zay Jones' value is beyond catching the passes and those things. But a couple of weeks ago, he called a timeout because they were aligned in an illegal formation. And he had the wherewithal to know, hey, it's third and four. If we take this penalty, it's going to really put us in a bad situation. Let's take the timeout. He does a lot of self-correcting on the field, getting not only himself but the group right in terms of who's on and off the line of scrimmage, who's in certain personnel packages, who's running what on certain concepts where they're moving people around. He is a very valuable piece to the puzzle, even though the numbers can never accurately reflect how big his impact is on this offense. Bootleggers, get ready. Luke Combs is bringing two nights of the growing up and getting old tour to Everbank Stadium, May 3rd and 4th, 2024, with different special guests each night. Tickets on sale now. Visit everbankstadium.com. John, you'll be there, right? Luke Combs? Oh, he's my guy. Yeah, both nights. Both nights? What? For you. Sure, if you're going to go one, you got to go two. You can't just do one. You can't just do half. That's, yeah. that's going half. That's 50%. I'm all in. That's not enough. Plenty more. (laughs) We'll take a look at the Pittsburgh Steelers when we come back. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks. It is, number one. It is. They usually pride themselves a lot on on running the football, and and that's kind of the the, the basis, you know, for uh, for what they try to do. I mean, the running game is a little bit bit of timing up front, um, missing some combination blocks. They've, They've had different... You know, different guys in there um, from time to time, but you know, it's something that you, you got to continue to work. I mean, when it hits, it's it hits, and it hits it hits big. You know, and, and those are the things that you have to really kind of guard yourself against defensively and and do a good job. Just um, you know, like our defense has done the last couple of weeks. Said Coach Doug Peterson from earlier today. Welcome back. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks. It's Wednesday, week eight. The Jaguars and the Steelers coming up at Acrisure Stadium at the Confluence. And that's coming up Sunday, 1 o'clock kickoff time. And you can catch all the press conferences, uh, both uh, Peterson and Trevor Lawrence, available on the Jaguars YouTube page at the moment and soon on jaguars.com. Let's start with, you know, I asked a few guys in the locker room a minute ago, John, you know, what what's up with the Steelers, statistically, all this? And to a man, pretty much, they said, yeah, they're four and two. I mean, right. it's not like they're, they're – you know what they're going to be. They're going to be physical, and it's an offense as well, Bucky. It's, you know, they may not have the big flashy numbers, but they still have some guys. They're getting a wide receiver back this week and uh, – or had him last week, I think, too. Yeah. But um, – mm-hmm. They've got running back skill that they can break him loose. He hasn't done it yet, but he can. And Kenny Pickett, an up-and-coming quarterback, Bucky. Yeah, this is a really good team. I mean, the record is what the record is, but they're a good team because they know how to win. It's not always pretty. It's a little bit of a kind of a grimy style that they employ. But when Mike Tomlin is a head coach, they find a way to win. I mean, this guy's never had a losing season throughout his tenure with the Steelers. They do different things. Some weeks it's the defense. Sometimes it's a special team. Other times it's the offense coming up with time and playmaking when they've been stagnant the entire game. This is a game that will test the focus and the physicality of the Jaguars. Can you physically match them uh, down after down in the trenches? And then your focus, can you focus and finish the game when you have an opportunity to knock them out? They thrive on people that are unable to put them away. You let them hang around in the fourth quarter, then one of their players, one of their blue chip players, makes a play, 
that shifts the balance of the game. This has to be a game where the Jaguars lock in. They got to beat them up for 64 minutes. Yeah, focus is is absolutely key. And as Bucky was saying that, I'm thinking it's a team that uh, it sounds so cliche to say, well, you got to protect the ball to win this game because you have to protect, you have to protect the ball every week. It's like every week. Right. But yeah. this team really thrives on uh, they need turnovers to win, the Steelers. Uh, they needed one to win. They only had one against the Rams this last weekend, but it was the one that turned the game mm-hmm. around. They're waiting for it and assuming they're going to get it because they assume that their edge rushers, uh, Highsmith and Watt, are going to make a play to get them the ball. You saw it, I think it was against the Ravens, they did that uh, big time, and, and against the Browns early in the season mm-hmm. where they just waited until made those plays and won games with that. Uh, that's usually the way you clinch games. They win games by getting sacks, turnovers, et cetera. So uh, I agree with Bucky, they're dangerous. You need to put them away because if they're in the fourth quarter up there and close to you, their experience, they don't just believe it. They have experience that tells them they can come back and beat you. Yeah, John, that's a great point. That's a great point because of all those experiences, uh, giving them the the, the confidence. And, you know, we talked about experience brings about a level of expertise. They know how to win these games because Mike Tomlin has been in these games a ton. They know Steelers football is always going to be within one score. It's going to be a defensive-led team. The offense kind of sputter along, but eventually they'll try and find their way. For the Jaguars, it's about crushing their spirit early in the game, making sure that Kenny Pickett doesn't get comfortable, keeping an eye on George Pickens, making sure Deontay Johnson, those guys don't get loose. And then every time that Najee Harris touches the ball, Man, it has to be a concerted effort to get 11 hats to the ball. You also got to sting him, beat him up. This is a game where it's physicality over everything. The Jaguars have had a ton of success over the Steelers in the past because they have an uncanny ability to raise their level of intensity and physicality when they play this team. Same recipe, same formula has to apply. Yeah, I also maintain – I mean, I'm not trying to uh, discount the Jaguars' success against the Steelers. Mm. They've been a little fortunate in that they've played them a lot when they've been good, if that makes any sense. <laughs> the, Meaning the, the calendar works. 07, yeah, right. 2017 yeah. happened to be years where the Jaguars were good, and then they played them a lot in, the, in that mid-2000s when, when the Jaguars were good. It, and again, that's not taking it away from it because the Jaguars' ability to play this team well has been remarkable because even when you're good, you don't always beat this uh, Steelers team. So they do – if there's a franchise, like the Bills a little bit, the Jaguars are a little bit in their head because they've beaten them in some big, big games. Uh, the Steelers a little bit, too. The Steelers know that the Jaguars come in there and play well. So that – I thought it had something to do with 17 when they were playing well, the fact that the, that the Jaguars thought this is a place where we go do well. So not discounting it, but guess what, JP? The Jaguars are good now. Yeah. So I expect them to go – the Jaguars as a franchise don't get worried about playing in – Three Rivers or Acrisure or Heinz Field or, you know, uh, Hellman's Mayonnaise, whatever up there, whatever the names are, <laughs> they don't get worried about playing up there. Doesn't mean they win, but they don't have – the aura doesn't bother them. Yeah, so they've won uh, – going back to 1999, there have been nine trips for the Jaguars to Pittsburgh, including two playoff games, and the Jaguars have won seven of yeah. those games. And it, and it's remarkable because when I, you know, I jokingly about the Steelers, their 
aura and their ability up there is real. I mean, it, it, I, when I covered mm-hmm. the Colts, I don't think they went there and won during that span. I didn't play very often, but it, it's a real difficult place to play. Uh, the Jaguars historically handle it remarkably well, and I expect them to on Sunday. Yeah, it is a tough place to play. They have the terrible towels waving. Uh, you, you'll see them kind of get charged up. That's why very early in the game, you got to find a way to neutralize T.J. Watt. Can't let T.J. Watt start making the play because if he gets it going, it kind of gets this this feeding frenzy of a crowd lathered up, and then it becomes a problem when it comes to the offense early in the game, first quarter. I can imagine Doug Peterson really being on the offense. We need to play from in front. First quarter has to be fast. Look for a couple of explosive opportunities in that scripted first 15 play segment. Want to jump up on them, 7-0, 10-0. Make them have to chase the points. Make them have to get out of the style they prefer. Well, that's really, JP, how they won in 17 up there in the playoffs. No doubt. Got up early, and they had to chase the whole game. So, they chased guess all what? right. They it, almost got them. But it's always didn't. good to be up early. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. Hey, good <laughs> But especially against this team, as Bucky said, with T.J. Watt, you want to be up so that you're controlling and and, and you're in place you want to be in. Yeah, one final point to, to your thought earlier, John. You know, those wins over the, the last nine visits up to Pittsburgh. 99 and 2000, win-win. Good teams in Jacksonville, of course. 01, a loss. 05, win in overtime. 07, win in the regular season and a win in the playoffs. And both those were Jags playoffs. Really teams. good teams. 11, a loss. I know what was happening then. And then uh, 17, the win in the regular season and in the playoffs. Yeah, so they have, good teams win. When the Jaguars have yeah. been good, yep. they go up and they handle that situation. Yeah. Hey, let's lot. come back. We've got Trevor Lawrence ahead. And, yes, the knee brace is still on. And it's going to stay Yes, on. Yes, it is. We're going to hear from the quarterback coming up and get his thoughts on that brace and the situation for the Jaguars offense. Jags fans want customized Jaguars furniture for your home? Check out ZipChair.com. And browse all customizable options. Zip chair furniture for fans. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think I need to. kind of speaks for itself, you know. Um, it's just, it's like one of those things. You, you, you find ways to win. You get, you get criticism. And you don't win games, you get criticism. So it's the nature of the business. Obviously, we're used to that here. So it doesn't, it doesn't bug us. But I think it's just... You know, it's a good reminder just to everyone that, you know, we use all this. It's a chip on our shoulder. We use it as fuel. Um, that's really all it was. Nothing nothing more to it. I've, obviously, those people are doing their jobs, too, at the same time. So, you understand it. But um, I think it's good to have a little emotion and, and remember remember kind of things that people say. And we don't forget it when, when people are backtracking in a, in a few weeks or into the season, whatever it is. So, um, that's all it was. Yeah, 100%. Everybody does, a little bit. Maybe some more than others, you know. Others more than me, probably. Um, but definitely, I think you use all that, and that's part of getting our edge back as a team. That's what we've done the last few weeks, and we're going to keep doing it. So quarterback Trevor Lawrence asked about his hashtag analyst tweet. I thought it was fun. Oh. Yeah. Isn't it supposed oh. to be fun, JP? It is. I mean, and Trevor in moments will have fun when he – Pointed at the scoreboard last year at the end of the Tennessee game. Yeah, you know, it, it, if you're not having a little bit of fun out there, why are you doing it? I mean, the money's good, but yeah, well. beyond that, uh, fans. You know, it, I think fans like that. It's harmless. Uh, there's an us against them to it. I thought it was pretty cool, Bucky. And Christian was laughing at it, saying he was 
he was clapping and high-fiving to himself when he saw it. He loved it. Yeah, no, this is the thing. You have to remember, um, everybody in that locker room is an A-level competitor. They look for the slice. They're looking for a reason to make it personal. And so when they're given uh, a little fuel, they, they, they feed off of it. You, you heard Trevor talk about that and, and kind of wanting people to walk it back and remembering those things. And everybody in sports, they always like to feel like, nobody believed in us. We're the underdog. It's just, it's, it's just part of the athlete thing. And so if that gets Trevor Lawrence going, it's great. But there's a fine line between reading too much of that stuff. At the end of the day, man, your pride in your performance and all that other stuff has to be intrinsically motivated. Uh, you don't need to really deal with the external factors. Just make sure you bring it each and every day because the pride is in making sure that you win games and you stack up a lot of them so you can do the stuff that you want to do as a team. Yeah, JP, when I was covering high school sports with my good friend Matt Hayes, who's now on 1010 and you know, one of the better college football guys in the country, we covered high school football together for a couple of years and we had a rule with each other that we couldn't use the nobody thought we could do it, but we knew we could do it. <laughs> because it was after every high school game. And we finally started realizing nobody really was thinking whether you could do it or not. So, do you use that now in your high school oh, I'm team? Sure, yeah. Do you use that now, Bucky, on your team? I mean, I look for different things. If there's a reason <laughs> where I can poke the bear a little bit, yeah, I'll, I'll poke the bear. I mean, look, the emotional charge goes away after the first two minutes of the game. But you're always looking for something to kind of, you know, kind of perk them up a little bit. I mean, that's that's what you naturally do as a competitor. Like, we're always looking for that reason. Don't you think – I mean, I want to ask uh, Bucky, the analyst slash defensive coordinator here, uh, and 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 mainly scout, coach, all, all of Bucky's mm-hmm. hats. A lot of hats. Um, Trevor Lawrence uh, and the uh, criticism that he was responding to last week is not the only criticism you hear about him. Uh, but I guess I was surprised. I looked at the stats and realized he only had – had 18 or eight touchdown passes this year. I was a little surprised at that because I don't pay that much attention to to stats because they don't always line up. I was surprised at that number because from watching him play seven games, I get that he's not on pace to match his touchdowns from last year, but I just feel like he's a better quarterback and managing the yeah. game better, uh, playing better. They're five and two. It, it never really occurred to me that he wasn't playing as well. Although I guess if you look at stats and expect like high powered stuff, uh, you would be, am I, am I off base there at all? No, you're not off base. One of the reasons why Tom Brady is considered to go is not because of the individual stats It's because his ability to win games, as long as Trevor stacks W's, it doesn't matter what the stat line looks like. At the end of the day, the quarterback's job is to lead the team to the winner's circle. The Jaguars are beginning to learn how to find different ways to get there. We came into the year thinking that this offense was going to be the one that kind of carried the team to whatever they are able to do at the end of the year. It hasn't been like that. The offense has been clunky. It's been inconsistent defensively and with the special teams. That's how they've been able to kind of put themselves in position to win games. The hope is the second half of the season, the offense hits its stride to go with the defense and the special teams, and then they play at a high level. But right now, Trevor Lawrence has done just enough to win games, and there's nothing wrong with using uh, a managerial approach as opposed to a playmaking approach to get the job done. Yeah, and I understand the clunkiness, but I, 
I also understand in, in the last four weeks in this winning streak, big play at the end of that game, the 44-yard touchdown when they needed it. Yeah. Big, big touchdowns against the Bills to clinch it. Uh, and, and, like, runs in key moments. Yeah, too. big first, first downs, downs against Atlanta. Yep. To me, I just feel like I did last week. I get that it's not the high-powered, number-one-rated offense people expected, but the team mm-hmm. is making plays at the big moments. This just feels so much more sustainable than what they were doing at the end of last year. Maybe I'll be proven wrong, but I think this is this team is a much better team overall than it was, seven. You know, obviously, seven games in. But even at the end of last year when they were making headlines, that's how I feel. Oh, yeah, because last, yeah, last year there was a lot of hocus-pocus to what was happening. I mean, it was a lot of – can't get a stop on defense. Oh, by the way, there's a fumble. We pick it up. We go score. Uh, we're getting whooped for most of the game. Bang, it's a tip ball interception, and the takeaways get it. Trevor Lawrence finds a, a big play. It was a lot of like, a lot of things had to go the Jaguars' way for them to get the Ws and make it into the postseason. This year, it hasn't been pretty, but it's been a little more sustainable. It's a little more uh, more substance to it than it's been in the past. And we just have to get used to it. It's funny because we've always talked about when the Jaguars have been good, there's been a certain style that has always been employed. It's about the defense playing well or whatever. And lo and behold, we're right back to the way that the Jaguars always kind of play when they're good. It's about defense, timely playmaking, special teams, and then a little bit of the offense making contributions. And that's fine. As long as they win games, I don't think anyone cares. At the end of the day, the most important stat is did you win or did you lose? The Jaguars have been winning, so it's all good. He dropped hocus pocus on us. He did. He did. And, it, it, and JP, one stat that's not hocus pocus. We talked about it on the reporters podcast. Mm-hmm. Four games, they've trailed once, and it was when they trailed three nothing and hadn't had the ball yet against Indy. Now I get the Saints came back on them, but look, in the NFL, mm-hmm. you reel off four games where basically you never trailed. Because your offense had not had a chance to go score yet, mm-hmm. so I got to get their trail. I'm, I'm nitpicking a little but, bit, but yeah, it's, you get what I'm getting at. They uh, bad yeah. I don't, yeah. you know, you can go a long time in this league and be really good, and not have a four game run like that. So it's funny, John. Like uh, I've been with coaches uh, in the National Football League who would always set the goal of we just want to go three and one each quarter of the season. This is when it was a 16 game season, but. Three and one will get you to twelve and four. You can amend that now to being either uh, twelve and five or thirteen and four. But the goal is we can talk about hey, we're trying to win them all. But no one realistically thinks that you're gonna run the table. You win three out of four, man. A lot of your goals, a lot of your uh, like title hopes, they stay in play because you not only probably win your division, but you're guaranteed of getting one of the top two, maybe three seeds. That puts you one step closer to being able to really make a run in the tournament. We're back in a moment. Our final thoughts ahead of the Jaguars-Steelers matchup. Practice is underway this week. The Jaguars are back from the mini-bye. A big matchup in the AFC coming up in Week 8. It's Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks. It tells the tale. You know, I mean, it's significant that, um, you know, when the numbers favor us, you know, chances are, if you go back to the um, what was the, the Colts game? I think you know at 17 points that come off of off of takeaways, and that's huge. You know that's three possessions, and and you know um, it's big for our team. 
There you have it, the head coach on the takeaway number for the Jags, number one in the NFL. 16 takeaways this season. Welcome back. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks is brought to you by the Fields Auto Group, Jacksonville. Step up to luxury. FieldsAuto.com. Week 8, Jaguars-Steelers, Sunday, 1 o'clock, Akershire Stadium at the Confluence in Pittsburgh. The Jags, as we have said, have won seven of the last nine trips to Pittsburgh, including playoff games dating back to 1999. So, um, big AFC matchup. Jags coming off the mini bye week. Um, the Steelers have won two in a row with a bye week in between. They're 4-2. and two. And uh, good test for the Jags to get uh, see if they can continue this momentum of a four-game win streak. And then a bye next week. And then uh, the back end, Bucky, comes in with San Francisco and all that. That's where it all kind of really steps up another notch. But go get this one done and get it in your back pocket at 6-2. and two and, and the bye week would be so sweet. Yeah, that's the, that's the focus. You don't even worry about San Francisco and Wes coming behind the bye. This is about, hey, let's finish the first half of the season the right way. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be a stern test just because we talked about the physicality and the, the, their style of play. If you beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, now everyone around the league begins to take the Jaguars a little more seriously in terms of how they play, who they've beaten, the style of play. We've kind of embraced a little bit of the grittiness, uh, grit and grind. I've heard some of the guys talk about it. I've heard Foya Luakon kind of reference like their kind of grimy style. Well, if you beat the Pittsburgh Steelers at, at their own game, then the league begins to kind of believe that. And also know this, the San Francisco 49ers put a beat down on the Steelers because they overwhelmed them with their physicality and toughness. Doug Peterson, those guys, I'm sure, have not talked about it, but I'm sure that has been one of the things that's been discussed privately in the locker room. The way that you beat the bully, you got to hit the bully right in the mouth. I would expect to see a very edgy Jaguars team when they step on the field on Sunday. Yeah, and I think people miss how physical this team is uh, because, again, there's so much emphasis. Uh, the buzz around this team is still on over what they're not in terms of rushing the passer. And when you're not a, a, quote, big sack team, I think people can miss how you play defensively. And to me, when you watch this team play defense, they're, they're very physical and they're very hard to run against. And uh, I think they can do what Bucky's talking about, I guess is what I'm getting at. It would not be surprising at all for them to go up and for the Steelers to think after the game, we were just in a very physical game. They, their front seven, this team's front seven, and even their defensive backs hit. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's definitely the approach. And uh, I think that's a style that, again, I think they, I think they can and should win the game. And I think that's uh, the way they're going to do it. Sounds like a plan to me. We'll see what happens. Hey, coming up uh, tomorrow, it's Jags AM, John. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Thursday it is morning. Correct. Uh, Thursday morning. It's our last jam, Jags AM of the week. And, uh, you know, looking forward to it, not just because it's the last one of the week. I'm Did you just call to it the jam? Is that what you call <laughs> it? The jam. I like that. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, a little bit of a slip, but I'm the jam on Jags AM. Are How about you really? That? Yeah. Oh, so. is that a fact? Oh, okay. I'm the jam. I get it. Wow. I am jam. What was it? Uh, Daryl Dawkins used to have a dunk that part of his name was the I am jam. So. Oh. Wow. Pulling out wow. old school Daryl Dawkins on you, Bucky. Wow. That's not old I mean, school for you and me. That's really just school. school. I mean, <laughs> I get it. I, I mean, I, I, I get it. I mean, Chocolate Thunder and all that other stuff, but I, I, I didn't know I Am Jam was part of it. Oh, he uh, had one that was like, spa I mean, like, uh, uh, it took him like 25 seconds to say it, and the end was, uh, it was 
broken glass board or a, bo- a broken blackboard backboard over whoever he dunked on. I am jam was part of it. So I am jam buck. Oh, okay. Me I and Daryl. He's from Orlando, you know, so we're close. Mm. Yeah, I get it. Of course, we'll have tomorrow Jaguars happy hour at four o'clock, the Doug Peterson show at five o'clock. And then we'll wrap it up with a weekend review pod on Friday. What do you got Bucky coming up the next few days? No, nah, man, just getting ready for this big game. We got a little high school game on Thursday. Then I get excited. All eyes on the Jags and Pittsburgh may come in early. Kind of see, see, John, I want, I want to watch some college football games on Saturday. So I'm going to go in a little early. I'll be there Saturday. Yeah. Just give me a call. I might answer. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I'll take the 50 50 raffle. 50 50 raffle on J.O. See if, can, see if I can get a lucky answer. John might have plans. Use that thing know. where you can block, and I'll, I'll probably pick up. As <laughs> <laughs> Bucky Brooks and John Ozier. I'm J.P. Shadrick. Thanks to our entire crew, of course, and thanks to you for watching. The Jaguars and the Steelers coming up this Sunday in Pittsburgh, and this is Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks. <laughs> <laughs>